You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. And welcome to episode 59 of 40 Going on 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And I learned the hard way that if you're talking about trick or treat, if you're in Chicago, it means something completely different around Clark and Division. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm in the paper. Take that guidance counselor. (laughs) (laughs) You said I'd be nothing. All right. Well, this week we are doing trick or treat. Two movies, one uh, back in 1986 and one in 2007? Seven. 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 That is correct. Yes. They have absolutely nothing to do with each other other than uh, almost sharing the same name. Right. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> so. Yes. <laughs> what the heck was that? That, that was uh, ramp- dryer on? a rampant sweater. That's what that, oh, was. that was. That was the tap dancing horse had to pass gas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Speaking of a tap dancing horse, Charlie. Oh, oh no, no, no. Before we get there, before, before we get, we get there, to Charlie? let's talk a little bit about uh, musings of a geek. Yes, let's do that. I don't know what this has to do with a uh, tap dancing horse, but in addition to all of the shows you've come to know and love, uh, we would like to officially welcome the bearded ones to uh, musings of a geek. The bearded ones. That's a new one, huh? The bearded ones. Yeah, there's a bunch of new. Like, uh, in addition to all of the, are there our new rulers? The bearded ones. Yes, I think so. Nice. I for like, one. Welcome, our bearded leaders. <laughs> I, for one, pledge my allegiance. In addition to the shows that we've been talking about, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, uh, Who the What Now, Musings of a Geek, Arkham Social Hour, How Is This Movie, we now have That'll Play, The Bearded Ones. Outlandish Conversations. Yes. And uh, Media Feed. Yes. So, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of exciting stuff going on right now. In fact, I'm thinking the uh, show list... Let's see. Yeah, it's getting so big, it's getting hard for them to keep up with it. We've got uh, What Are You Into, Sweating the Small Stuff, Culture Babble, Red Horse Radio, Moving the Needle, Cue from Hell, uh, Media Feed, Arrow of Time podcast, The Pilots podcast, Comic Arguments, Hard to Swallow, Sad Robot (laughs) Radio, and The Left Field Sports Lounge. A lot of shows. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even list them all off. My apologies if I left you off that uh, not quite comprehensive list. But we've got a lot of our colleagues there and also joining us on Geek Life Radio, where you can listen to our show Saturdays at noon. Yes. And if you want to listen to it on your own time, you can find us on iTunes, on Blueberry, Stitcher, or on TalkShoe. If you're on iTunes, leave us a message. Leave us a note and a rating. We appreciate that. Now, on to listener feedback. Yes, or as the segment is rapidly becoming, <laughs> uh, messages from Charlie from six months ago. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's see what he has to say about a show from the past. Dude, 
No, Kiss is not metal. My fucking cat is more metal than Kiss. Kiss is not metal. No, metal. No, not not even. Not even a, not even a little, dude, fucking Joel's more metal. Joel. Joel is more metal. With his fucking Juliana Hatfield tattoo, is more metal than Kiss. Okay? Fuck. Wrong. I don't have a Juliana Hatfield tattoo. What is he talking about? Are you sure? I'm positive. Check again. All look, right. Well, to look under the left some, cheek. So he he has some this this week. He's angry about how not metal kiss is. Uh, but luckily, we have Scott the Pool Boy giving us some advice. Oh, good. <laughs> hey guys, this is Scott the Pool Boy, and I'm just listening to episode 58 when Charlie calls in and berates you about gun stuff. <laughs> now Charlie's a friend of mine, and I wanted to help protect you from future Charlie wrath. So thought I would let you know that Charlie cannot stand it when people call Gun Clip Magazine. He hates it. Never say that. Only refer to them as clips. Or wait, maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. But whatever you do, don't do it. Okay? I hope that helps. Stay black. Magazine and clips. Magazine and clips. Magazine and clips. Wait a minute. That ruins our whole topic for next week. We were going to discuss magazines and clips. Clips and mags. Clips and mags and clips and mags. So a pistol holds a magazine and a rifle holds a clip, right? What does a deagle hold? Uh, a, ma- a mag lip. I thought a deagle held a gremlin. <laughs> That's Mrs. Deagle. Only if you get enough drinks in her. Oh, uh, there's there's more from Charlie, though. Oh, good. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, Pat, if you really enjoy the metal stylings of Kiss, you should probably check out that other really awesome metal band, Right Said Fred. They're fucking, they, they, they're so, so, so metal. They're, they're, they're fucking, wow, they're so, so metal, like Kiss. Just like Kiss. They are super metal. <laughs> this is coming from a guy who thinks The Postman is the best film ever made. Okay, what? I'm not, <clears throat> okay. Yeah, his opinion doesn't count. Charlie, Right Said Fred was only one dude. I don't know. I thought it was two. It was two it was bald two guys. Dudes. Was it two bald guys? I thought it was just two. one bald guy. No, two, two bald, bald guys. guys. Oh. They looked like Dolly Parton when they stood next to each other. Ah. I love Charlie to death, but I, yeah. I, and I agree with him. Kiss <laughs> is not metal, but we talked about that on the show, so. Right. Ah, uh, vague. Well, remember. Kiss is definitely more metal than Right Said Fred. Yes. All right. Well, we can agree on that. Well, if you'd like to rant at us about Right Said Fred or <laughs> firearms or anything else, you can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. I can't wait for the day we get a call from Charlie. It's just him shouting random verbs. I was just going to say, if anyone has access to his meds, would they please give them back to him? Hey. <laughs> I love hearing from Charlie. Uh, <clears throat> Ooh, an what? idea for a show. I mean, Charlie used to have a show, but Charlie and Nenim last do a show together. Oh, God. Oh, I'd, I'd listen to that. I'd listen to that, but probably need therapy immediately after. <laughs> From a distance. From a distance. You can't listen to it on headphones. All right, boys. Is I it that it's time? about that time. It is that time. This week is... Damn it. Music. Movies. And TV. Did someone get angry for that? What was that? I, I yeah, think Joel, I, Joel had Tourette's there for a second. I'm think, waiting for the Josh one again. Oh, you want to hear the Josh dubstep mix? Oh, okay. And I have to ask, is this our official Halloween, like our final Halloween show? Yes. Yeah, I think it is. I was just checking. Okay. Anyway, you were saying. Happy Halloween. Yes. Happy Halloween. I hope you get lots of candy and find the house that has the full-size Snickers. <laughs> Dicker treats. <laughs> Uh, Josh was in the paper. All right, so we're looking at 1986. (laughs) The debut of Trick or Treat, first one. Uh, Music. 
When I Think of You by Janet Jackson is number one at the beginning of the week, followed by True Colors by Cindy Lauper. I liked uh, When I Think of You. I agree. I like both those songs. Yeah, both those yeah. songs are really good. Uh, October. Not metal. <laughs> no. <laughs> Parts of Janet Jackson are metal. Until part. Justin Timberlake rips them off. On October 24th, Striper <laughs> releases Tulvifid. Uh That's Tarot Hats with the Devil. <laughs> That means that hot the, waitress the city of Terre Haute? at the Is diner. <laughs> Terre Haute with the devil? Yeah. <laughs> Terre oh, Terre Haute. I uh, it was tarot hats. Oh. <laughs> that would be no. to hell with the devil. Yes. Uh, and that's all we have to say about that. Kind of metal. Kind of metal. Not metal. Not metal. Well, they were More metal than Kiss. No, Kiss is definitely more metal than Striper. Here we go, folks. Keep your hands inside the car. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on Kiss, to the I mean, I already admitted that Kiss is definitely Too more late. arena rock than metal, but they're still they're still metal. They're, they've got aspects of them. I mean, there's blood. But we're never going to get another, mess- another message. <sighs> Sorry. Well, let's talk about the movie that we've been. Yes, it is, you freak. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about the movie that is very racist. Movies. Soul Man. It releases this week. Yeah, we've talked about that before, how it ended his career. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church does Soul Man. Church. No. Uh, (laughs) See Thomas Howell. Uh, I would so watch that. (laughs) That would have been so much better, right? Lowell was the soul man. Right. <laughs> but he has me playing uh, the guy. A long wait. time I thought they were the same person. It was released this <laughs> week along with Tits for Tots. Is that the Christmas thing? T.O.T. Oh, Tits for Tots. Oh, no. Top of. Trick or Treat. We've already yeah, done this. Oh, okay. There we go. Soul Man and Trick or Treat. Wow. That was a great week. Yeah. For- I spent $4 for this? <laughs> Forrest Meredith Tucker died on October 25th. He was an American actor in both movies and television from the 40s to the 80s, appearing in nearly 100 acting films in the 40s and the 50s. And why don't I re- why don't I know that name? I have no he, idea. I misread it. Like name. Yeah, he was. It was just like a background kind of like a like a. Wasn't he the guy who designed that car with the light that moved? I think you're no. thinking of Jeff Bridges. Forrest Tucker. No, I think you're thinking of Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, at first I thought we were talking about Forrest Whitaker, and then like died. Wait, no, that's not no, right. This is just a, he was just a you know a character actor. Okay, he was wait, in wait. such movies as The Crawling Eye. Ooh, yeah, that sounds good. I'd watch that. Uh, what else was he in? But he, he played he played a requisite tough guy all the time. He's like six foot four, two hundred something pounds. He was in F Troop, The Night Classic. They Raided Minsky's. <laughs> that what? Oh, he he was in the he was one of the guys in the the uh, Ghostbusters with the gorilla. Oh. oh, which one was he? Uh, he was the, the gorilla. He no. was the dude with the pork pie hat. Okay, I the actually guy know who you're talking not about. Not Larry Storch. Why am I not picturing Ghostbusters with the gorilla? What, what, you don't remember talking about this Ghostbusters? The guy wearing a pork pie. Another guy looks like a pimp. And then there was a gorilla wearing a uh, propeller beanie. Yes, I do remember <laughs> that now. Yes, <laughs> I thought it was an illusion. <laughs> it's magic. I thought All the right. lamp was talking to me. All right, TV, 1986. Ready for it? Cosby Show, Family Ties, Cheers. There you go. (laughs) If anybody ever talks about how awesome TV was in the 80s, they're lying. Well, I mean, those were pretty good shows. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying for like the last, you know, it was like the same five shows for six years. Nothing. Well, it's kind of the same thing now, though. I mean, there's always always like the one show that runs everything for a while. Yeah. Uh, And right now, it's... Those were not bad shows at all. Okay. No, they were not. You got to Right now? What? What show right now is Running Things? Oh, running well, I don't things? watch TV. Oh, yeah. yeah, I really don't either, actually. Um, what is it? Modern Family probably is number one right now, I think. There you go. 
know? Mm, never seen an episode. It's supposed to be hysterical. I've heard so many people tell me it's really good. Yeah. So anyway, The Late Show, an American late night talk show in the first series broadcast on the then new Fox Network, first airs in October and uh, 1986 under the title The Late Show starring Joan Rivers. So they were actually calling it the Fox Network back in 86. Now they just call it the show starring the late Joan Rivers. What? <laughs> I just I thought about f- making that joke and then I decided not to. But thank yeah. you, Joel. You're welcome. For a long <laughs> time here in Chicago, I, I just remember thinking of Fox as Channel 32, like just a random UHF channel. So yeah. I guess 86 was when they started I, calling it the network. I remember when it debuted, it, it debuted as Fox Network. I remember when Fox got canceled. That never happened. All right, so sports. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at tonight. I'm I don't know sorry. where you're going with anything tonight, Joel. The, the, lawn, the dryer's off, and it's <laughs> like back in the dryer. It's because you don't have your sweater. On October 25th, Michael Sergio parachutes into Shea Stadium during Game 6 of the World Series. Was he late? No, he was showing off. No, no just one of those crashers, you know? Oh, I thought it was like... Oh, he was wasn't like, a player. Yeah. No, no. Because I thought like the rest of the team would be like, oh, there's Sergio showing off again with his parachute. <laughs> what a cool entrance. <laughs> uh, later in the game, trailing 5-3 to three with two outs and no one on. Bottom of the 10th, the New York Yankees rally to win Game 6 of the World Series 6-5. to five. This is the famous game that we've never heard of where Bill Buckner misplays a ball and becomes a Red, Red Sox scapegoat despite the fact it wasn't at all his fault. Oh, yeah, that famous game. Yeah, oh, that Buckner. They always call it the Buckner ball, remember? <laughs> oh, despite scapegoat. You guys don't even know about this thing, really? This is like one of the most famous sports things ever. You don't know about this? All right. Was that on, um, did they do a bit about that on, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm or something? Yes. Okay. Okay. Also, oh, we're playing to the crowd. It's the first <laughs> class cricket debut of Andy Flower during the ZCU President's Sixth versus Young Wee. What the hell? I don't know what that all, what it is. Yeah, what does that mean? Well, that's that's not <laughs> that's six. eleven. That's eleven, and I think Young oh. Wee was at some point on the Fugees. <laughs> <laughs> we do have precedent that Mike does not know Roman numerals. Remember? Oh, we do. We do. I <laughs> have right. said that before, but apparently, I was I was for, I was confused because I wasn't sure why they were playing cricket in Young, Wisconsin. <laughs> young, Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, young so. Wee. Oh, he had such a promising career till they shot him down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you get for hanging out with Bill Buckner? <laughs> what? I don't know what that means. It was the first name I saw. So right, anyway. So on to Trick or Treat. Trick or Treat, 1986. So uh, this movie. I knew this movie I knew this movie had problems when the lead was played by the same man who played Skippy on Family Ties. I used the word man loosely in this. Yeah, dude, I should say. Um, sorry, so Wallet Sam- head, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> so Sammy Kerr was a famous devil-worshipping rock star who died under mysterious circumstances. Now he wants to come back to life. Doing so requires possessing radio waves and automobiles and making a few human sacrifices. And he needs the help of Eddie Weinbauer being played by Mark Price, who you know as being Skippy. Skippy from, from It's Times. weird because Eddie is like the most metal name ever. And Weinbauer is not. <laughs> no. And he hung out with uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. He kind of did. <laughs> so, but anyway, it's directed by Charles Martin Smith. Did you guys look and see who that was? No. Okay. No. Oh, I do. Yes, I do know who it is. I did it, look it up. He's Oscar Wallace from The Untouchables. Click on that link that I gave you. He's a, the short, bald dude from The Untouchables on the poster. You'll, he's in everything. Oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't know the name, but when you see the face, you're like, oh, my God, I've seen him everywhere. I yeah, think he's, he's the son of uh, fourth, Forrest Meredith Tucker. I can't talk all the time. Fourth, fourth, fourth. All right. Right, so uh, that's who that's 
who um, directed that one, and there you go. I liked him in The Untouchables. <laughs> so thank you for that, Charles Martin Smith. Uh, the budget, whatever they found in the couch. <laughs> That's was, not true. <laughs> it's almost. Uh, almost. he kicked in like 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> the entire the entire budget of this movie went to paying uh, Gene Simmons and Ozzy Osbourne for showing up. You know what? I think it was just Gene Simmons. I'm pretty sure Ozzy was like, is, am, is, I'm not, if, if. and he was just like <laughs> there. Like he didn't know what was going on. But Gene Simmons was like, look, you you're all going you had to, do to was... pay me a lot of money. <laughs> all you had to, to pay fa- Ozzy was it was an eight ball it was it well, <laughs> actually ozzy was like had his stuff together for ozzy oh yeah he did that's why i even put in the notes there it's like the most coherent i've ever seen him and he did was one of the high one points when he, he, he almost cursed and he had to stop himself from saying the yeah. cursing point yep all right so uh outside of mark price who played skippy from family ties uh the only other people besides gene simmons and ozzy osborne that have a picture on imdb is doug savant um, who played most people <clears throat> who played Tim Haney, Haney, Tim Haney, uh, who is then known for being on Knott's Landing, Melrose Place, and being in Godzilla '98. I think most people will know him from Melrose Place if they look him up. Right, yeah. and he was your requisite 1980s bad guy, rich kid, jock dude. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, going down the line, Tony Field, Sammy Kerr, the the uh, metal, heavy metal musician, who I have to say had some serious stage presence. Yeah. Uh, was played by Tony Fields, who you also know from A Chorus Line, the movie, and Captain EO. The Michael Jackson joint. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Leslie Not to be Graham. confused with. <laughs> you oh, you sorry, know your ahead. career is going great when your second credit is a ride at Disney World. <laughs> uh, uh, Lisa con- Orgolini? Orgolini? Yeah, Lisa Orgolini. Uh, played Leslie Graham, the love interest. Yeah. Which cheese yeah. Orgolini is delicious. Oh, yeah, but you have to have it with prosciutto, otherwise it's worthless. It's crap, yeah. Um, is known for playing Tourist, an American woman number one in other movies. Is that the sequel to Grand Funk Railroad songs? song? Isn't that American woman? I don't know. Back in the dryer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, Eddie Weinbauer's mom, Angie Weinbauer, uh, who dates a uh, skinny Rambo-looking dude, is played by Elaine Joyce. And yeah, what was up with him? He came out <laughs> <Yeah>. of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that was odd. I, I wanted mean, to see more of their interaction, to be honest with you. Yeah, if I had opened the door and seen that dude standing there, it'd be like you know pepper spray all over the freaking place. <laughs> it's, it's just like no. What do you sorry, mean, no? I mean, <laughs> I said no. Go put on a shirt. <laughs> and here, take about three full size bars and eat them, please. Right. All right. So she's known for being on Murder. She wrote oh. <laughs> for a second there. I almost said she's known for being on Murder. She wrote, <laughs> she wrote and Nano Two One Zero. Commas. God damn you, you elusive comma. Um, uh, all right. I didn't now. That. Outside of Gene and Ozzy, the I, I think this is the person who actually succeeded the most past this movie. Uh, Glenn Morgan played Roger Marcus, the bully, or one of the bullies. Was he one of the bullies? No, that was his best friend. Oh, yeah, uh, that, was, uh, that was Napoleon Dynamite. Yes. Okay. Yes. He went on to produce Space Above and Beyond, X-Files, and Millennium, The One, Final Destination, and Black Christmas, among other things. Yeah, uh, Glenn Morgan and his brother are responsible for all of the best episodes of the X-Files. Uh the uh, Jose Molina episode, the uh, oh, I'm trying to think of th- there's the one with the guy who's like, I'd like to think from playing years of Dungeons and Dragons that I learned a little bit about courage. 
there's also uh, I'm just blanking on the actor's name. Famous actor could see when people died. Oh, um, Peter Boyle. Yeah, the Peter Boyle yeah, episode. That, that was, was that great. Oh, episode. the final Clyde Bruckman's final repose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The best episode ever. Yeah, that's the Morgan Brothers. Wow, that's good stuff. And honestly, I don't. I think it was kind of overshadowed by X Files, but I thought the show Millennium was pretty damn good too. It was fantastic. <clears throat> I actually didn't watch it till a guy I worked with. He's like, he's like, wait, you're an X Files fan? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, have you ever seen Millennium? I'm like, no. And he's like, dude. And he brought me all the all of them on DVD, and I I like binge watched. It's so good. So, uh, also, Gene Simmons plays Nuke the DJ, and he will do anything for a check. And a cowboy hat. Which I was at the store the other day, and I saw, you know, what are those things called that you put them on? <laughs> he bagged your groceries. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I demand a tip. Dang. Oh, what are those? The danglers that you like put on your zipper and that sort of thing? Hello mm-hmm. Kitty Kiss cell phone danglers. That man will put the Kiss logo on anything. Yep. Yes, that so. is true. There, I mean, there's, of course, the Kiss coffin everybody knows about. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Sure. Kiss wine. There's Kiss oven mitts. There's Kiss everything. Yeah. Kiss condoms. Yeah, there are. Yeah, That's probably. true. So anyway, uh, going on with the two issues of trivia that I found on this show, I mean on this movie, um, all songs in the movie are written by the band Fastway, which mm-hmm. consisted of former Motorhead guitarist Fast Eddie Clark and current Flogging Molly vocalist Dave King. I like the soundtrack, but I like hair metal, so. I like the soundtrack, too. I thought the music was actually much better than the movie as a whole. Yeah, although it was weird, like, some of them were obviously written for the scenes because he's basically singing about what's happening on the screen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of expected at some point to be like, go into the bathroom! (laughs) (laughs) And he's on the toilet. Take your daily vitamins! (laughs) Walking down the street. (laughs) So, going around, what is your most memorable moment of this movie? When it ended? Uh, <laughs> um, I'm thinking, uh, yeah. See, that's what I thought. <laughs> it was so freaking generic. You know? Well, it, I, I mean, don't it, know. Well, it was like... It, the, it, this, he, any movie is in bad shape when, you're, when your villain inspires all the fear of Adam Ant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... And, it would I, a glam rock villain is just not going to work. I don't care how many sparks he shoots out of his fingers. He's net, and the public is never going to be scared <laughs> of of Eddie Izzard. <laughs> I mean, it's just, his strategy is bad too. It's like yeah. okay, kill the rich kid you hate, kill his girlfriend, kill your girlfriend, kill your mom. <laughs> Like, wow, Kill your career. That escalated quickly. <laughs> Kill Alex here? P. Keaton. <laughs> Best line in the movie. What did you do to your stereo? <laughs> I, I wanted, well, a, new I wanted a new one. <laughs> Isn't this what we do to everything when we don't want it anymore? We beat it with this a bat. This is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> I mean, it, you wonder what happened to the dog. <laughs> I don't know. The poster that he had on the wall creeped me out because he was pretty cool. Yeah. Sammy Kerr all muscled out and shirtless and looking like he's gotten make. He looked to me like, um, oh, help me out here. The, the guy from. Star of a gay porn? No, from New York Dolls. The guy that sang Hot Hot Buster Poindexter. David jo- yeah, David Johansson. David Johansson. That's who he looked like to me. Or, or like if, him that- and Joe Piscopo had a kid. Cause it, was like, it, it was like the glam rock look that he had. Oh, I want to see Sammy, K- Sammy Kerr and the dude with the saxophone from Lost Boys tour together. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I love the and, bit where just in the Rippers. Yeah, <laughs> I did love the bit where he took the old woman by the head through the TV and like pulled her out, and she turned to dust. That was yeah, cool. What was that? <laughs> and you know, and you don't hear anything on the TV past her. You don't hear anybody go. Where the hell did she go? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Here's my thing. 
honestly, he had, I mean, for like some kind of supernatural villain, he had like a crazy amount of insanely strong superpowers. But he could be, fe- be defeated by a toilet. Exactly. But all you had to do <laughs> Why was put his flush hand it? in the toilet and suddenly he's just, oh, I'm defeated. <laughs> and then she, when she reaches over and she's like sneak, like, oh my God, I'm going to flush it and flush it. And he doesn't go anywhere. It's just like you figure he's like dodging the turd or something. I don't yes, know. I'm like, when you flush it, why, why would you flush it? Like the water is what's bothering him. Oh, here, let me get rid of this troublesome water for you. I'll just flush I think it the idea was that he was starting to pull his hand free of the water. So she's going to like flush the toilet. But yeah, that's not the way that works. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't work because of physics. Maybe the toilet <laughs> just clogged a lot and she knew it and it would just overflow. It works because metal. <laughs> That's going to be your excuse for everything on this one. So, was he more metal than right said Fred? Ooh. <laughs> Definitely. That means, you know what, though, Charlie? If you watch this movie, I want you to record everything you say out loud while you're watching it. Because that's going to be the best rant ever. <laughs> and we'll hear it next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on our next Halloween show, yeah, when Charlie watches watch Trick that? or Treat. Um, okay, I'm just going to say it. This movie sucked balls. Yeah. When I, I was watching it, I was trying to determine, is like this so bad it's good, or is this just bad? No, it was just bad. The second one. Was, I mean, what was, what was with the like the thing that appeared in the car that that made the girl's ears stick to the headphones? Like like this cre- crazy creature thing shows up. She passes out, and he like puts peanut butter inside the earphones or something. Yeah, you know, it was cool when it was just like the spectral hands, like right, taking right. off her clothes, and then yeah, all of a sudden there's this weird thing from Guar hanging out in the car. <laughs> it looked kind of like one of the creatures from uh, remember the, the 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 one episode of the Creep Show movie where the kid made all the yeah. things up here. It looked like one of those creatures that he made up here. Because movie. Um, <laughs> I don't know. To me, it reminded me of being in high school and hanging around with my friends and just watching whatever looked moderately decent at the video store, like renting it because it had Ozzy Osbourne on the cover and then coming home and going like, what are we watching? But dude, we're going to watch the whole thing. I thought you were saying the movie reminded you of high school. I was, like, was going to say, what did you go to? <laughs> no, it reminds Where'd me of you being in high, high school, school? watching okay. I'm sorry. movies randomly before the internet could tell you if they were good or not. Right. I want to know what kind of high school where it is perfectly plausible for bullying to be considered throwing a weight into your into your uh, backpack and then pushing you into a pool. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like that's a little drastic, guys. It's and just then, a little attempted murder. Yeah, <laughs> and then there's, uh, and then you've got a school where metalheads are persecuted, but when a metal band shows up, everyone loses their shit. Yeah, I didn't get that either. That was kind of weird. Like, why did they all want him to play so badly if they hate metal so much? I didn't get that because right. continuity. And I, I'm, I'm like. I'm like if he's that big of a star, he's like, I want to play this high school dance. What? <laughs> well, he was from the school. He was a graduate. I get that, right? but I'm still like, I mean, that doesn't, you know, makes no sense. Like, I mean, I don't. Do you think Ozzy wants to go back and play his high school dance? I don't think Ozzy knows where he went to high school. <laughs> I don't know. High school, Evan. Although, if anybody out there can, can show me that anybody has ever gone and played their high school dance, I'll be impressed. Let's talk about the stage scene because uh, I, I, I thought we that have- was actually pretty good. Like his presence, like all the spins and oh yeah, he was really good out there. Yeah. I and mean, that was that for a for a high school dance if that was going on. I would have been impressed back then. He was he was a he was a hell of a rock star, just not a very good movie villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right wait. up until the point he started like murdering people with an electric bazooka guitar. <laughs> It's a good show. Well, when he first took control of the car, I was like, "What? Come on!" <laughs> hang on, hang on. I got this for you. Wait. Yeah. 
That even yeah. though he's talking about he's like re- recapping the whole damn movie, that was still a pretty damn good uh song for then. Yeah, it was it wasn't a bad song at all. But the lip syncing was awful. Sure. Well, yeah. He had never heard the song before, I don't think that day. He wasn't very good <laughs> at the lip syncing. He didn't really come into his lip syncing ability until he did uh chorus line. Well, <laughs> but that's metal. How do you so like metal? <laughs> how do you like the back masking? It was weird because, like, in actual backmasking, you could actually hear the song still, but, like, played forwards, the songs kind of sucked in the parts with the backmasking. It was, like, pretty obvious. Oh, look, someone's talking backwards here. Yeah, it wasn't very yeah, There subtle. were some songs that did that, but not very many of them. Like, the yeah. Beatles did it a couple times where it was obvious they backward masked something. But yeah. Right. I was expecting the record to be more, like, magical. Like, him coming out of the record or something like that. Because he was like, this is heavier than normal. Yeah. You know, the made come along oh, yeah. oh, this is very unusual this is very it would have made sense if like his soul had been trapped in the record or something yeah i was expecting honestly in a better that would have made a little more sense i was I expecting mean, like the record to get broken when they're bullying him like when they were pushing him around at the pool i was expecting the record to be broken and like his soul to come out of the record or something like that but start no. kicking high school ass yeah in the meantime you know who know his mom's just standing outside the door he's talking to the record again <laughs> and then they're like well and we made cassette copies and he comes out of that and we've made it on a track and he comes out of that and we uh here we played it on the radio and came out of that well that's right that's because gene simmons was in charge of it he's like oh man we got to get this out of as much media as possible not going to make any money with just one record (laughs) (laughs) when it comes Uh, to leslie eddie was like very very quick to jump to conclusions and then very very quick to just jump back and forgive her with like no it was just a switch with him well that also was i mean i think that was like the most realistic part because that's a you're a high school boy with a lot of fucking hormones fair yeah and and the girl you're interested in, you know, you think she betrayed you, and then suddenly you know, you're like, oh, she didn't. She's amazing, like I thought. You know, <laughs> yeah, she's cool. I'll give you that. All right, so bad dude gets his tie caught in a press. <laughs> yeah. Why does he have that other guy hanging around with him? Okay, well, before we get to that, that was the longest school chase scene I have ever seen in my life. How uh, big is that yeah, school? Not one teacher makes any effort to stop them or or find out what's going on or. <laughs> yeah, you nothing. think at first when they when they bolt out of the lunchroom, there's somebody be like, okay. Okay, someone called down the hall. No, apparently this school is like three miles long. (laughs) And they have one janitor. (laughs) I just mopped that floor. And a whole lot of hallways. Tim's got like a dozen cronies, but that's okay because the bad guy's only interested in Tim for some reason and then is going to go right back to the people that uh, the person who he's using as his instrument, his soldier of rock and roll, cares about. Like, what about all the other cronies? Why aren't we picking them off throughout the movie? Yeah, that would have been cool, too. Because they didn't have enough presence to even get picked off. Yeah, well, even like the right-hand guy who we saw a couple times, like, nothing happened to him. Yeah, well, I mean, they had, they, it, it was like you said before, like, you know, you do something to a character that you don't have any interest in who cares they i yeah. mean these guys weren't were, were not even one dimensional they were like half a dimension so like why bother killing them off because everybody'd be like yeah okay who was that sure i mean that's that's just faulty writing is all that is you know oh there wasn't any of that in the movie yeah <laughs> the writing? rest of the movie went, went well <laughs> though you know that was the only fault really all right uh, so i'm assuming we're all agreeing that this was crap yeah this was yeah. not <laughs> What was funny to me is when, as soon as I started watching it, I, I remember seeing it when I was younger and then I started going, where's the connection other than the name of the movie for us to do this? <laughs> because I knew they weren't, it wasn't a remake, but at the same time, I'm like, could we have picked a 
movie more opposite of what we are going to watch. Yeah, sure. I, will, I will recommend to anybody uh, to not watch this movie. It just was a waste of 90 minutes of my life. I just want to tell y'all, we took the bullet for you. Yeah. So, And I wanted to try to like it in an ironic 80s metal sort of way, like the same way I enjoy, oh, what's the game where the uh, main character is played by Jack Black, who's also named Eddie? Oh, um, shit, it's by the same guy who did Psychonauts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have my Steam account. Uh, it's driving me crazy. That's not it. No, that's not the name of it. Oh. I don't have any idea, so I am no help. It's a double fine game. And it, it is starts Brutal Legend. Brutal Legend. That's exactly yes. what I'm talking about. And I enjoyed Brutal Legend, and I was kind of hoping Trick or Treat was going to be hit that same sort of note for me. Over the top metal. Yeah, where you you're, you don't take it seriously, but you don't have to. Yeah. Like, that's not the point. But I don't know. It just wasn't good. It almost This movie almost tried to take itself too seriously. Well, and normally I respect that because I, I do find it irritating when modern movies don't commit to what they're about and kind of half-assed apologize or like, we're a horror movie, but we're going to acknowledge this is stupid. Right. Mm. Well, I mean... That that whole genre got ruined after you know. I mean, once they did the whole not not scary movie. What is um Scream? Scream, yeah. Once the whole yeah. Scream franchise, you know, got into like the third movie, it was, it was done. <laughs> yeah, and I liked the first Scream, but you're right. I yeah. think that is the start of the slick, self-aware, like it, admitting well, that genre mm-hmm. conventions are dumb kind of thing. The wink and yeah. the nod to the audience. Yeah, the, yep. the '90s horror film turned into the PG-13 money grab. Exactly. Yeah, where anything. That that they could do to cash in on the success of Scream, right? And I mean, this this was an example of the '80s, though. Same type of thing where just really th- bad writing, really bad special effects, just trying to put something out there and hope- take part A and part B, throw in a soundtrack by a band that's sort of been heard of, and voila, you got a movie that isn't very good. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, to actually be worse than like Black Roses and Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Oh. <laughs> We're not watching that, are we? No, I no, hope not. No, well, not. not this year, I, anyway. I won't watch that based on your reactions, <laughs> right there. <laughs> all right. So, uh, have we said all we can say about this? Oh, wait. Uh, after credit scene of Ozzy Osbourne. Anybody oh, I, I guess I missed that. Yeah, I missed it too. There's, oh, I saw it. Yeah, there's a scene at the very end. So, if you want to, it was kind of cool. So, if you want to see the coolest part of the movie, fast forward to the very end, past the credits, and it's about ten seconds long. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's all we got to say about that. It's right, so oh. break. Yes, let's break and we'll come back and we are going to talk about Trick or Treat 2007. Word. Hello, everybody. We're back, and uh, we're back to talk about Trick or Treat 2007. Trick or Treat. Trick or, trick or Treat. Yeah, we had a comment on Twitter from Maybellina talking about how it was unacceptable that they got rid of the O, and that was actually by design to make sure in the many incarnations of that they went through to determine what the title for this movie would be, that it would not be mistaken for a remake of what we watched earlier. <laughs> she, she just doesn't like the concept of getting rid of any O. I don't know where you're going with that, man. Is, orgasm. Was, oh, oh, orgasm. Oh, oh. 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 Damn. <laughs> 
All right, so... Hey, they, they can't all be home runs. Yeah, Trick or Treat 2007. Four interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. An everyday high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. A college, vir- college virgin might have just met the one guy for her. Boilers. Group of teenagers pull a mean prank. A woman who loathes the night has, con- has to contend with her holiday-obsessed husband. I don't remember that one. That was in the very beginning. Oh, they're, they're, I don't. I wouldn't say she loathed the night. Oh, she hated Halloween. She said that was... Yeah. So. And eh, in between eh. st- all of it, little jack o' lantern man, Sam, Sam, running Sam Hain. Yes, uh, this is directed by Michael Doherty, known for X Men Two, Superman Returns, and uh, upcoming, he's done a movie called Krampus. Nice, <laughs> which I am. My interest is piqued. Krampus is the evil Santa. Yes. So, uh, actually, before we get to who was in it, there's something cool about this movie that I want to... But why? Because it's not really widely known. I mean, in, in our circles, it kind of is. But then in other... You know, so it, when you bring it up to other people, a lot of people don't know of it. Because it was actually never actually released in the theaters. Yeah, such a shame. <clears throat> I know. Seriously. This would have would have been a great hit. But um, the film originally was slated to be released in October 2007 in Halloween. Warner Brothers, without reason or explanation, pulled the film from schedule and no rescheduled it was announced. Now, some people think that it's because Saw 4 was slated for release around the same time, and they knew it couldn't fight that. And uh, the other thing was is that they were mad at Doherty for Superman Returns, so they pulled it for that time, which... Oh, I don't so were we all. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um and uh, there was brief talk that was going to get released in 2008 in the theaters or in 2009, and it finally went straight to DVD in 2009. Travesty. But it got released. It got released at all. You know, I mean, it's with all that. Yeah, going and on. Warner Brothers through DC was going to do a tie-in comic book. Really? Like they were all set to go, and then at the last minute, nope, this isn't happening. It's not a thing. And I don't think I personally encountered it until probably 2012 when it came to Netflix. Yeah, when it was on Netflix. That's when I watched it. I had a friend send me a copy on DVD, uh, Sheena, who's a listener, I believe, um, to this show. But she uh, sent me a copy in where it was like the right after it came out. She's like, you need to see this. She was right. Yeah. And now yeah. they're kicking around the, the sequel, time, finally. This was Sorry. the first time I've seen it. So. so I guess I was the only one that had never seen this before. Yeah, I saw it a couple of years ago. I think, yeah, you are. So, uh, starring Dylan Baker as Steven, the principal. Um, he was known for being in Spider-Man. He was the lizard, right? No. What was he? No, because uh, the lizard wasn't in the Tobey Maguire version. He wasn't in Tobey Was he? He was the pedophile in Happiness. Okay. Um, so he was in Spider-Man. <laughs> I forget who he was in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man version, but um, he was also in Requiem for a Dream, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, and a short-lived TV series called Drive that I actually kind of miss. But um, I was wrong. He was the lizard in Spider-Man 3. I'd forgotten that the lizard was even in Spider-Man 3. Really? Yeah. He was oh, Dr. He was Kirk about, Counters. Oh, I thought he was yeah. talking about the Amazing Spider-Man Sorry. Yes. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, uh, you know, he was if in the Amazing Spider-Man. That's so weird. It's uh, it's an IMDb fail. Uh-oh. Uh, it's listed as uh, Spider-Man 3 in IMDb, but you actually click on the link, and it turns out that it's... Uh, wait, it's so weird. No, Reese Ephens played the... the oh, Lizard. you're right. You're right. It was Spider-Man 3. Uh, Dr. Kirk Connors. Okay. Okay. So there you go. Yay. Hooray. Problem solved. All right. So, uh, and he was also in Drive. Uh, Brett Kelly, who was Charlie the Fat Kid <laughs> in this one, known as the Fat Kid from Bad Santa. Don't forget the eyes. This is my wooden pickle. <laughs> 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 yeah, I couldn't. I mean, that's pretty much all. I mean, I don't There's think not we, a whole lot you could quote from that. That's going to yeah, be. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Britt McKillop, which is actually a girl. 
uh, played Macy, the kind of twitchy witch girl that uh, left the kids standing on the shore, uh, has, was in the TV show Dead Like Me and also does voices for My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic. Mike yeah, knows I all about that. that. Yeah, she's a pretty accomplished voice actress. That's most of what she's done since this. Yeah, she's all over the place. And, I mean, she's done a lot more than that. But, I mean, that's, like, the most current thing that she's done. Yeah. She plays Princess something or other. <laughs> Princess something or other. <laughs> yeah. I don't that know. might actually be her name. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> it's good. I know. I was I was typing up the show notes, and one of my girls was like, "Oh, she's in My Little Pony. Yeah, she plays a princess. Oh, it's a princess. This, 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 or this." I'm like, I don't know. After the word princess, I zoned out. It was gone. <laughs> I don't know. I I know enough about it to the fact that I have two daughters. That's about it. If it's not followed with Leia, we don't care. Exactly. Uh, Anna Paquin as Laurie, the uh, werewolf girl who has been uh, rogue in X Men and in True Blood. Right? Yeah, the lead. And, yes, and can't act in any of them. No. Oh, she's not that bad in True Blood. She like, stinks. I mean, True Blood itself isn't that great but she is her acting isn't the problem with it you get she just thinks so nice you get to see her boobies in it yeah but that even gets old after a while because she's a horrible actress i don't even want to see your boobs if you can't act what? that's not at all true what patrick am i talking to <laughs> i just realized like I'm, that was a complete lie <laughs> I, I don't care how well you act um, i mean i don't want to i don't want to see meryl streep's boobs well actually i do yeah you do I, come I on i know you <laughs> I just want to see boobs, is my point, I guess. Yeah, you don't want to watch that terrible movie that Josh linked because boobs. Right. I could get plenty of boobs on the internet. He wants to see Brian Cox's boobs. Oh, yes. He plays Mr. Creep, the the creepy next-door neighbor, who is in Braveheart, Super Troopers, uh, the movie Red and Red 2, uh, Doctor Who, the TV show, Deadwood, The Ring, and Manhunter. Yes, he He was the... Go ahead. Yeah, he's my favorite Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, he's good. What? He was the original Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, yep. I know that. I'm, I'm reacting to the favorite part. Yeah, oh. I, oh, I actually prefer his performance. He's really good. Have you seen Manhunter? Patrick? Yes, I saw it. Okay. Yes. Much more subdued, much less over the top. Yeah. And then uh, Henry. Who the hell was Henry? Tamo Pennicut. Henry is uh, the uh, husband from oh, the that, opening and closing. That's right. Okay. Henry has been in uh, Battlestar Galactica, Dollhouse, and Man of Steel. Yeah. And uh, I think I've that's talked That's what I recognized him from, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. He was Hilo. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I've talked <laughs> about him on the show before, how uh, he is also a great presenter. If you have an opportunity to listen to him talk, about Battlestar Galactica and Dollhouse. Uh, it's a good time. I right. saw him at C2E2 a couple of years ago. Wait, oh. did you say his name is was Ski, though? Like, I wish it was a little bit taller. I wish it was a baller. Tamo okay. Pennicut? Yeah, he said he was Skilo on Battlestar Galactica. Elo. Oh, that's different. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, you were saying? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And it's not Philo. He's not made of dough. <laughs> I wasn't going there. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to insult your joke, Telly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what have you been concerned about humor? Um, uh. so, several of the cast members have appeared in other productions based on Marvel Comics. Anna Paquin, of course, has been Rogue. Uh, Brian Cox has been William Stryker. Dylan Baker is Kurt Connor as Lizard. There you go. Uh, Leslie Bibb played uh, Christine Everhart, the reporter in Iron Man. Oh. Monica Delane was in Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Never saw it. It's pretty good. And it's fun. Lauren Lee Smith and Quinn Lord have both been in different episodes of Blade the TV series. Yes, and Monica Delane is also, though she's a much more minor character, she's also about the Star Galactica alum. Oh, okay. Lots of lots of genre hopping in this one. <laughs> Pat, I think she played Philo. <laughs> 
Yep. She's also in uh, Lost Boys: The Tribe. Oh. oh, that's why I recognize her. Yep. There you go. Wait, somebody watched that? I've Joel. I've seen all of them. Yes. Oh, at least all the Lost Boys stuff. He's he's put in his. I face. I had to see it. I mean, I haven't seen it again, but I had to watch them at least once. He listened to them with his earballs. Kind of like me watching Return of the Living Dead four and five. Yes. 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 Yeah. Exactly, uh, exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Rave from the grave and the other one. All you guys watching all the alien movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That too. Seen them all. I own them all actually. So now trick or treat. Yeah, this has kind of a Pulp Fiction thing going on where it plays with timing and interweaves the stories, although it does so in a tighter manner than a lot of other uh, uh, stories that do that with a narrative, that chop it up and put it uh, all out of order, Mm -hmm. where you can actually see like the other characters appearing in the background or walking yeah, I past like, you. I like movies that do that where like, every, you know, it's telling different stories and then by the end of the movie, they're all intertwined. Yeah. Well, those, those are pretty cool. I like them. By, like by all my, definition, um, this is a, an anthology film. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. But with the way that it interplays, Pat makes a good point. It's more like a Magnolia than a creep show. Sure. Also, they're, not, they're not separate vignettes. Yeah, they all work together. Yeah. Right. They're stories that cross over each other. I mean, like I said, in every single one of these, you're going to see the other people from the other stories walking in the background, almost hitting the witch girl, that sort of thing. And where is this town where everybody that lives there is gorgeous? Oh, and obsessed with Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. With I'd the like exception of like the you know, with the exception of the principal and the fat kid, everybody else that lives in this town is gorgeous. Well, not the fat kid anymore. And Brian Cox? Brian Cox is beautiful. If you don't think so, then <laughs> beautiful. you don't know what a man is. <laughs> well, and, and one of the coolest things about this was, and I don't know, I guess we're probably not calling spoilers on this being from 2007, but how the, how the ending and the Should beginning Should we have called ending, spoilers on the first one? No. How the beginning oh. and the ending tied together. <laughs> I didn't see that coming when I originally saw it. Oh, and, her blowing out the, the jack-o'-lantern, that thing? Well, no, how the the beginning was the ending. Yeah. 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 No, that, I mean, and you know what I liked about it is that the they so seamlessly intertwined all the stories that they only had to use the that earlier thing only popped up once. Yeah. With the kids in the bus? Yeah. That bit? That yeah. was it. That's all they had to do was, and that was for a flashback. The only right. um, the only thing that, I, that was kind of unanswered, and maybe I missed it, but I don't think I did, was, you know, what happened to the principal's son? <laughs> He was just sitting on the porch waiting for his dad to come home and nothing ever happened to him. Well, I guess, well, I guess, I guess he just sat there for the rest of the night. I mean, <laughs> chewing. Yeah, it's implied because he's dressed in his dad's clothes that he's going to take over the mantle. Right. That's kind of what I was assuming, too. But I mean, I, right. I was thinking maybe somebody was going to get a hold of him and change him around. But well, they didn't do anything. They take care of it later. But <laughs> Well, plus he was protected. Like there are some rules that are very, uh, where they're not outright stated, they're very heavily implied for characters to survive on Halloween in this town. Mm-hmm. Right. And they say that right at the very beginning. There are rules and they're for our protection. And everybody who follows the rules gets off scot-free. Well, well at more least, or less. In, yeah. At least they uh, don't get killed by Sam. Yeah. Because that's the thing is the only character who follows all the rules and still dies is Mr. Krieg, but he has another sin to atone for and Mm -hmm. sam eventually lets him off the hook yeah the kids don't right but no they um and sam i this is the thing is that i think if this had been released in the theaters sam would have been up there with like the freddy krueger and the jason Voorhees type thing i think well i I don't think so i funny you should say that i honestly think he's pretty damn i mean even though he has like well he has no lines but just him ambling through all the stories i thought was really cool i thought that was more nice little i I thought it was a little bit ridiculous once they put once he pulled the burlap sack off i was i checked out i was like 
Yeah, I would. I figured I you wouldn't really like creepy. that. Yeah, it was, it was really creepy until I showed that they showed his face. It was like, oh, what? He's some kind of freaky alien thing? No, done. There's he's got he, there's toys of Sam out there. There's a pop Funko Pop, and there's a, I think one of the re um, the re what's the name of that series of toys? Damn it! Uh, no idea. Regurgitation. No re. Cola. No, it's by Funko, but they make them in the style of the old like Star Wars toys. Oh, I know oh. what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know um, what they're called though. But they, I think they have a Sam for that too. Um, and then there's like I said, there's the pop. He's become kind of starting to creep his way into being one of the sub, uh, you know, like Chucky kind of thing. You know. Okay. So yeah, I put him more on the Chucky level, and I agree with Patrick. Is that one of the sour notes on the movie? Is he was much cooler with the sack on his head and it would have been fine for the shotgun blast to shoot pumpkin bits out of the back. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know that the puppetry was necessary for his face, whether that was CGI or puppetry. I think it looked looked like puppetry. That was, I think it was a puppet too. Yeah. Um, I do agree with you on that. I did like him, but I think that they would have had a lot better, I don't know, I guess. Uh, mileage? Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think better mileage off him if you don't know what he looks like. Yeah, they didn't need, I mean, that was something that they didn't need to, to give away right then if they were trying to turn it into a franchise type thing. Well, and if you see the original character concept, he's got a much more jack-o'-lantern looking with like one button eye and one jack-o'-lantern eye from the original Season's Greetings cartoon. A little th- like three minute short, which originally they were going to call the movie Seasons Greetings and then realized that that makes it sound like a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. by the way, when you sent the link to that thing, I hadn't watched this movie yet. And all I knew was the uh, Sammy from the first movie. So I'm watching that thing, just waiting to see like some kind of adamant looking rock star thing. And I'm like, I don't know what is going on here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> So we've discovered the one connection between the two movies. They both have a character named Sam. <laughs> and have you guys seen the Fearnet spots? No. 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 Uh, F- Fearnet did a series of commercials uh, using Sam. Uh, one was a uh, twisted Easter spot where a family's eating Easter candy and Sam shows up and it all of a sudden gets horrible. Yeah. And another one was a back to school bit where uh, Sam is getting ready to go back to school and wait for the school bus. And all the kids are laughing at him for his appearance. And he's got his little sack there. And the bus passes by. And then his sack is really big. And all the kids are gone. (laughs) They're all going to laugh at you. Kind of like the ending of the cartoon. Where his treat bag actually has people he doesn't like in it. Nice. Well, so they've been banding about a sequel. I think I mentioned this earlier. And it's finally apparently uh, in the works. Yeah. They've officially announced it finally. It's got enough of a cult following that it's going to it's going to happen. So I'm curious, which of the storylines were your favorite? Or okay, which do one? we want to like break the storylines down and then pick a favorite? Because we okay. mentioned them. Okay, well, there's not, I mean, it's not, there's like, there's a lot of them. First off, there's the husband and wife and the wife who hates Halloween. Then there's the uh, four girls out whoring it up for Halloween. With That's one with Anna Paquin. Uh, and then there's the four kids that are playing the practical joke on the weird girl that lives down the street. And then, let's see. Oh, there's actually five of them. There's five mm-hmm. stories. Because then there's the uh, creepy next-door neighbor. Yeah, Mr. Krieg. Mr. Krieg. And then there's the story of the um, the principal and yep. feeding fat kid candy. <laughs> Making him throw up on the yeah. front steps. That was a lot of chocolate vomit, I have to say. Well, yeah, the kid was probably eating chocolate all the time. And then he eats the, <gasps> you see the syringe with cyanide next to the type of candy bar that he started eating. So it was clear that he didn't eat one of the ones with a razor blade. He got a poisoned one. It, it, it was a ghost of Gloop. 
after he swam in the river. Yeah. So I guess we're talking about the principal one first. You've got the terrible kid who's just smashing all of the jack-o'-lanterns, stealing candy, and he gets caught by the principal. And there's this interplay between the two of them sitting on the porch where the rules of Halloween are starting to be explained. Mm -hmm. And the kids obviously uh, violated them. Mm -hmm. And he makes him a promise. This big butcher knife is not for you. It's for the pumpkin. Aha, I didn't I didn't ever caught that. And he was totally telling him the truth. It was not the uh, it was not the knife that killed him. It was the candy. Huh, that is true. Well, but no, remember well, again, I don't think we're calling spoilers. He he became the jack-o'-lantern. But doesn't matter right. cuz he died from the poison already. Right. But that kid was pretty tough, man, even after he was in the hole. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't think the kid who was still alive was actually Charlie. I think it was the other victim cuz if you see the arm of the other victim, it looks like it's a kid in a clown costume. And Charlie oh. wasn't wearing a costume at all. Oh, okay. I thought it was Charlie, too. Uh, the first couple times, I've probably seen this four or five times now. And this was something I only noticed today, was that the body that wakes up is actually wearing a Halloween costume and Charlie was not. Hmm. Yeah, he just had the, this is my Halloween costume t-shirt or whatever. Like Right. Yeah. Okay, so we got that hmm. one. And the creepy uh, family, uh, family tradition. Carving. Pumpkin carvings, yes. Then, Not to mention the fact that the kid didn't have a head. It would have made it pretty difficult for him to come back to life in that grave. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> right. That's He should have already been decapitated at that point, so Timmy's jack-o'-lantern could be carved. Okay, so we got that down. Then that leads into kind of into Old Man Crothers next door screaming to the window. But then that one transpires. What's the one that comes right after that? So the girls after that one, isn't it? Um, Let's see. In order, chronologically, we should be able to put that together. Uh, I believe the first one chronologically has got to be the, oh, it's, the couple. Well, no, because the couple, you see her blow out the candle as Old Man Krieg is giving uh, candy out to the kids. So that's at the end. Yeah, they go her first. her end is at the beginning. Well, that's that's what we're talking about is actually the timing of the movie. Which oh. one happened first in the night? Yeah, it goes full circle for the entire chronologically. What's the order? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think the first they're all kind of happening simultaneously because when the teenagers are at the rock quarry, you hear the ending of the werewolf story mm-hmm. in the distance. Um, the werewolf girls almost uh, hit the little witch girl at the beginning. So that's the end of the werewolf one. Is well, the but big- the werewolf girls kill the principal. Right. And so his compl- his whole story has to be done before the middle of theirs can start. Oh, this is making my head hurt. This is that. This is in very Eastern storytelling. If that, yeah, if I, I'm sure that you could like parse out what happened in which order, but I'm pretty sure all of them happen kind of simultaneously, especially when you figure in the timing of like when Krieg appears at his window inside the house in the principal story. Mm-hmm. When we watch it, there's only a couple seconds, but he had to have time to completely cover over and bury the bodies, which is why there's so much time in the Krieg story with him fighting against uh, Sam. Okay. So Krieg and Sam, I guess that's as good a place to go as any. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, Krieg is not a person who's into Halloween. He has his dog uh, whose name is Spite. Uh, scare all of the the trick-or-treaters and he steals their candy. That's the way he enjoys the night. Which is Um, not a bad plan at all. No. Sure. 
I have partaken in that tradition before. <laughs> but as he's eating his stolen candy, uh, he's violating some of the rules. Uh, he is not giving out treats the way he's supposed to. He is not, uh, I don't think he's got any jack-o'-lanterns of his own. Yeah, no decorations. So Sam comes calling. And uh, Mr. Krieg ends up making good on his threats to use his NRA membership in his shotgun over the uh, fireplace. But uh, Sam gets a couple good hits and he hamstrings him with a, a razor blade found in one of the candy bars that is presumably from next door. Mm-hmm. Uh, then manages to paint trick or treat all around his bedroom. Blood. Which was creepy as crap. After he says, blood uh, was it? I don't know. Might have might could have been just like chocolate, just very red chocolate. Well, he says something else. Besi- it says something else besides give trick me something or treat, good though. to eat. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Thank you. So, in a way, he's actually giving the clue of what needs to be done to make him go away. Yep. Because when they get into fighting, uh, he's about to kill Krieg. And the thing that stops him, he uh, takes a bite out of the giant lollipop and actually stabs down. And what ends up saving Krieg is he's got a candy bar uh, that the uh, lollipop sticks in. And Mm -hmm. Sam picks up the lollipop and looks and he realizes he's just gotten a treat. Well, that's one of the rules. Now that he's got a treat, he can leave. No more tricks. No more tricks. I got my candy. But yeah. in a roundabout kind of way, he still brings a trick to the door. Sort yeah, of. kind of, sort of. But yeah. he really didn't have much to do with that whole. But you figure he's kind of the, he's like the omnipotent overseer of everything, it seems. Okay. Sure. He doesn't so, interfere with the vengeance of the zombie children. He, he's a little bit of the moral compass or, or reckoning, rather. I would go with reckoning over moral compass on this one. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like cause the angel the, of death. Yeah. The girl from the beginning is annoying, to be sure, and she hates Halloween, but he, he's pretty harsh on her. Yeah. He is. That's, that is pretty rough for just wanting to take your decorations down because your mom's coming. <laughs> yeah. Cutting off all of her arms and legs and stringing them up and then putting her inside a ghost. Well, I, did he kill anybody up to that point? Maybe he was just like pent up from not having any good kills for the whole day. Well, but Halloween wasn't over and she was already taking everything down. Okay. Right. All right. So then we go from Mr. Krieg and we follow that one. See, there's kind of, well, it's kind of an impasse right there because it's, you've got, then well, Sam goes to the neighbors, but then the drowned kids show up. So then we should probably talk about that because we've pretty much given away the story about the woman and her husband with Tamo Pennicut and uh, the blonde. Yes. So nice then, sleep, <clears throat> now then they have the, the kids that show up at the door and they're everyone, they're looking for, they're asking people for treats. Uh, they go to the really weird orgy thing that's going on at the one house. Yeah, that was that was odd. That was really strange. Oh, you know what's crazy is this was something else that I first learned watching this one is some of the participants in the orgy house end up at the werewolves orgy. Yes. The the woman who's at the front door. Yes. And the guy in the hot dog suit. It's like a key party. Yeah. With werewolves. Um, So so these kids go out there and they are looking for jack-o'-lanterns. They're trick-or-treating. Hey, can we have a jack-o'-lantern too? And they've got this cart and they apparently they're telling them that it's for a uh, scavenger hunt. So eventually you find out that it is not. They are going to this quarry where years ago there is the legend of the, um, the school bus that contained mentally disabled kids. And the parents apparently had had enough of this and paid the school bus driver to kill the children by pushing the bus into the quarry, which is twisted and sick. Um, yeah, I mean, and also unbelievable because have you ever been to a PTO meeting? You can't get like 10 parents to agree on anything. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Much 
much less <laughs> much less put money into it. Yeah, and and conspire, and you know, no, it's not yeah. going to happen. So, but either way, things fall apart pretty quickly for this poor guy. Uh, he, well, poor guy, he's going to kill the kids. Um, they pretty much fall apart for, <laughs> for this, this guy. poor murderer. Yeah, this poor murderer of children. Uh, <laughs> the one of the kids gets loose and winds up knocking the bus to into the uh, water where they drown, and the bus driver gets out in theory to survive. Uh, right. Later on, you do find out that that is actually Mr. Krieger. Yep. Mr. Krieg. Yes, yeah. Mr. Krieg. Mr. Krieg. And to no one's surprised. Yeah. Um, but the whole theory, the whole story behind that one is these kids that are going there with the jack o' lanterns are saying, oh, we're leaving the jack o' lanterns by the water in the quarry to give penance for the kids that died. You know, we do this every year type of thing. And they're actually trying to just pull a really, actually, really well put together plan to freak the crap out of this, uh, the weird girl down the street. If you guys huh. ever pulled a prank on me like that, that made me break down, you would have my respect yeah. for the rest of my rest of my life. That's a, that's a hell of a prank right there. Yeah. Your psychiatry bills. Oh, and I'm pretty sure she's more than just weird. I, I think she's probably high function autistic the way she acts. Well, they called her, uh, let's say, idiot savant. Yes. So, I mean, not very nice to call her that either way, but. Sure. Um, these are jackass kids we're talking about. So they go down into the quarry, this big rickety old elevator down there, and scare her by dressing up as zombie children and freaking her out. Well, one kid has a turn of conscience, and as she's, you know, curled up in the fetal position and crying, he's like yelling at the other ones. They go back to get some stuff, and guess what? The Chicken zombie butt. children show up and start to eat the live children and uh, in the meantime little witch girl uh, has Rhonda Rhonda has gotten back in the elevator and leaves them all behind to get eaten by the zombie children I mean wouldn't you full-size children I mean come on yeah which you yeah. know what in retrospect it was <laughs> it was Sam that let them let the zombie children loose because remember they uh, the girl and Sam cross paths and he's walking towards the the pit so he probably is the one who lowered the elevator down for the zombie children almost certainly yeah Yep, there you go. Yeah, because she wouldn't have sent it back down with the key. So, yeah, no, definitely wouldn't. And that leads into the uh, werewolf one. Now, the werewolf story is a real interesting thing because it starts with this man in the black mask who's a predator, and you think he might actually even be a vampire. Uh, you see him uh, with his date, and they're making out, and then he bears his fangs, and he starts to bleed her a little bit, and she rushes out into the crowd and realizes nobody's going to help her because it looks looks like she's just wearing Halloween makeup mm -hmm. to the point where the man in the black mask is able to pretty much tear out her throat and just like leave her next to another drunk and no one even notices. Oh, yeah. Right there out on the street. So I don't even think you can get away with that in New Orleans. <laughs> But uh, you've got these four girls, two of whom are sisters, and they're going to a party. And uh, Anna Paquin's character, they're kind of making fun of her because she's in her 20s and she's still a virgin and she's obviously very self-conscious about it. The rest of them are just going to get dates and show up to the party. And she's like, just go on without me. I'll manage. I'll get a date. Don't worry about it. She's basically the stereotypical horror, horror movie wallflower surrounded by a bunch of sluts. Yep. Whoa. Yep. That was like our college years. <laughs> That's not true. So eventually she we, ends we up. We were a bunch of sluts surrounded by a bunch of sluts. <laughs> <laughs> she eventually ends up being stalked by the man in the black mask. And uh, eventually you've got uh, him as the predator and her dressed as Little Red Riding Hood in the woods as the prey until he catches up with her. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to the party and Riding Hood's cloak with a body in it gets thrown into the middle of 
of the party and they open up the cloak and then we get our big twist inside the cloak. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I was not fooled by that at all because the second like he went in and bit her and she did that scream, I'm like, there's no way that they're going to end Anna Paquin's character like this. They wouldn't have her in this movie to be killed off just like that. Sure. So when the, when the body fell down, I'm like, yeah, that's not her. (laughs) I I didn't think it was him, but I knew it wasn't her. Yeah. That's, that kind of threw me for a loop when I first saw it. Although, uh, yeah, I was yeah, I was like this seemed familiar but yeah and he's utterly terrified like he's in his vampire costume but uh that's the big reveal Gimp vampire yeah mm-hmm. well, and that's the that's also the principal yeah. yep that they, which, they uh, the take his mask off and uh yep turns out it's the principal character and brothers yeah <clears throat> Anna I- Paquin uh, steps out and she's got blood all over her and she explains that well the other girls were telling me to be hard uh, play hard to get so he ended up biting me if you bite a werewolf do you become one or is it just the only, all the way around no you become mm. a wolf where if you bite one if you the bite first them. rule of bite what club is we don't talk about bite club <laughs> <laughs> oh I forgive you for a couple things then with that one <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and it I, I, apparently he had really cool prosthetic fangs because uh, one of the werewolf chicks even compliments him on them they're good enough to draw blood and not mess up his own teeth yeah so but they're fake he's not a real vampire he's just a serial killer yep and for out for his thought would be probably the third murder of the night for him uh at least fourth he was going for yeah so busy guy so Wait, who, was the, who was okay never mind yeah, there are two bodies at yeah, the house yeah, yeah. his date right. and then yeah 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 so I thought this one was pretty good, and I liked the transformation of the werewolves in this one because they had been commenting. Wasn't there a comment made earlier in the uh, movie about dressing up like the uh, dressing up like them to hide you from the from everybody else? Where they have to why they're talking about putting on costumes? Yes, there's a comic page in particular uh, right in the opening credits where it says wear a disguise to appear as one of them. Yes. And when they started literally peeling off their skin. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I thought that was damn sweet. A little trivia point here is the effects team that uh, did this was the same effects team that did the uh, uh, the werewolves in uh, the vampire werewolf. Help me out here. Black leather. um yeah. Oh, Underworld. Underworld. Underworld, yeah. yes. The Lycans. The Underworld series. Nice. Yeah. Well, they those the were I have to say for as meh as the those movies were, the werewolves were pretty damn cool. So they uh Kate, Kate Beckinsale in a in a latex bodysuit, I'll watch any day. I figured you'd you'd be able to help me out since I was blanking on the name of the yeah. series. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we come full circle to Joel's question, because I think we've talked about the stories. What was yes. our favorite? Are we missing any stories? I think nope. we got all of them, all five. Okay. Yep. Oh, Pat, you go first. Well, I would normally say it would probably be the serial killer, but um, I didn't really, I don't know, I didn't really like the fact that he was also the same guy that was the, the, uh, the supposed vampire. I didn't like that reveal. So I have to go with the prank one because I do like a good prank, and they put a lot of effort into that one. I, I'm going to go with that one too because the when they when they're retelling the story, uh, that just is creepy, and that kid just starts saying "wrong way, the wrong way." I want to go home. You know, he just starts. I don't remember what he says. He keeps saying the same thing over and over again. And the masks are just utterly terrifying. Oh yeah, the like upside down headless princess, and then the uh, bunny, and yeah. the big like paper bag with just teeth with the on teeth. it. Teeth, yeah, yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I, that was pretty cool. I all the masks were brilliant. Saw an article. Uh, of course, it probably shows up every year. Like 
are are Halloween costumes getting too scary? No, they're not. They're getting less scary because if you look online at pictures of what people dressed up for Halloween in like 1910. Oh yeah, yeah. That, they're, they're walking around with like the giant cones on their head and the and, and the goggles, and they look well, like yeah. I mean, that's just terrifying. To that. Oh yeah, like, that, yeah. Well, that would have been about that. I mean, I want to say twenties, but I mean, it would have been it was the thirty past years time. Uh, before the start of this. So it would have been nineteen seventies. Okay, seventies were pretty terrifying, also. And I would honestly say that all of those masks were so well done that they could have each been their own individual character in a storyline. Yeah, yeah. Those are those. You talk about you talk about the ones on the kids. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I agree. What about you, Josh? What What do you think was your favorite? Uh, that was also my favorite. The sense of history behind the school bus massacre and the whole like telling folklore while also explaining why the rules exist and what they're there to protect us from, as well as the little morality play. And uh, even then, like one of the kids uh, regretted what they'd done, but it wasn't enough. There was only one lit jack-o'-lantern left and Rhonda was going to use it to protect herself. And uh, they get what they deserve. Mm -hmm. Now, I I will say that what could have changed my mind and made me go with the the werewolf story would have been if they put Alison Brie in that role instead of Anna Paquin. Oh, interesting casting choice. I could see that. I mean, I could see it, but that's all it would take. Yeah. I don't like Anna Paquin. That's all right. You don't have to. Everybody else does. Not everybody, but too many people. So, what about you, 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 and Mike, Josh? Oh, Josh likes the the prank. Yeah, oh, prank okay. is my favorite. Yeah, and. See, I don't want I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I enjoyed that one too, but I thought the prank one was so good. <laughs> because because I mean there was so much I mean first off, so much time putting that together. Because remember I mean for them to pull that off, they would have you know, they have to go down, they have to set up everything because they didn't really have a lot of room to carry extra masks and stuff. So they had to go there beforehand, get down at the bottom of the quarry, stash the masks and stuff, so that way they can change to the they could change to their zombie costumes while they're coming down the uh down the elevator. As they as they were coming down the elevator I'm like, oh, this is some kind of prank. And then when she got back down and started like, you know, and, and the thing came up out of the water and grabbed her, I'm like, oh my God, it's not a prank anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is real. You know, they, they, those other kids really are dead. And then, you know, she runs off and they start coming after her. And I was like, oh, no, it's a prank again. <laughs> <laughs> and I give that the pirate kid a lot of credit. For a kid who's supposed to be pulling a prank, he played off the I'm really terrified about be going down here by myself. Yeah. He did a good job of playing off being scared. Yeah. I don't think, very I mean, you much think so. of anybody, because he had a big part, man. I mean, because if he had cracked on the way down the elevator, you know, and let it let it tip that it was a prank, he would have blown the whole thing. But he did a good job. Yeah, if he had been a bad actor or anything, yeah. Yeah. Well, so. I don't know because I, I don't know how much acting he had to do because it's probably pretty terrifying to go into a quarry on Halloween night at dark with the only person who's got your back being someone who's basically uh, the village rain man. <laughs> I mean, even though you know you're there to prank her, just going down there without your friends at your side is probably she, pretty scary. And you don't know if she's going to like freak out on you or something. Or, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, but no, I got to go with the prank also. So there you go. I guess we're all falling in line on this one. <laughs> the prank. Yeah. That's funny. I didn't think that would happen. Well, the other ones were good too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, they were all, I think, great stories. I mean, they weren't particularly terrifying. I mean, it wasn't scary, but it was definitely a spirit of Halloween movie. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. It is a crime that this was, uh, made a direct uh, DVD and that uh, we ended up having to discover it via Netflix and word of mouth. Mm-hmm. I say I this mean, would have been a much better movie if they hadn't unmasked the, 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 whatever, the Sam thing. Sure. That's, well, that's my, yeah. that's, my, that's my only real complaint. And if it would have had Sammy Curran in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> 
And soundtrack by Fastway. Um, no, for me, at Halloween time, every year I watch, well, on Halloween night, I always watch Sleepy Hollow for some, that's become a tradition, and I can't explain how that happened. But The they, Johnny Depp one? Yes. Um, it's a Halloween film, so it's been my go-to movie for some reason. But during the course of the season, I watch Trick or Treat, this one, um, the, at least the, one of the Halloween films, the Michael Myers ones. And uh, Satan's Little Helper, which is a criminally underrated Halloween movie out there, if, if any of you have seen it. I'll, I guess I'll check it out because otherwise my traditions are pretty much the same aside from Sleepy Hollow. So have you, any of you seen Satan's Little Helper? No, I have seen I mean, I know of it, but I have not seen it. I'm not a big horror movie guy. You know that. So I have not seen it. Yeah. It's more of a uh, it's more of a I won't say a black comedy, but it's 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 a horror movie, but it's it's dark and it's uh, it's available on Netflix streaming. And if you're going to watch this movie, I highly recommend you you tag that one in there somewhere. It's just something about it. And plus, it's got Amanda Plummer from Pulp Fiction. Oh. I also do want to give credit to young child actor Quinn Lord, who played Sam in this. Uh, he's been in a few other things since he was. He usually plays younger versions of the lead, like he was young Tom Whitman in Imaginarium. Uh, in Fringe, which eventually we're going to get around to talking about, he plays uh, Peter as a child. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah, that's the same. Also, the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus, he plays a kid like he's growing out of that young child Damien kind of role and uh, working into teenage roles now. Cool. Well, good. What a great movie, though, by the way. Good for him. So uh, I guess we are uh, on the agreement boat of this movie was everything that the previous movie was not <laughs> yeah I mean, pat you're not a horror movie guy did you like this one i enjoyed it i you know i'll probably never see it again but i mean i, I definitely enjoyed it good except right. you know like i said except for the whole you know i don't care for the sam character but well you, you don't, don't mask yeah sam you don't care for the sam character yeah the unmasked sam mask. character yeah, yeah. I, like, I liked him much better as like a creepy you don't know what he is thing that's fair yeah, yeah. i mean i i forgive that but it was the lone weak spot for a movie that i think is one of the best I, I don't know. I'm going to say it's one of the best horror movies because it doesn't actually make my top 10, but like for seasonal movies, it's yeah. a very, very good, like legends and rules of Halloween. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not much of a uh, slasher fan. I like horror movies, but I don't like slasher type movies. And this, this is kind of almost more of a slasher. Oh yeah. There's like plenty a, of blood in this. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm just, I'm not a big fan of like Halloween or Friday the 13th or any of those types of, so, just, I, I like, I like like a, a, a psychological thriller or like a, a paranormal type thriller more than I like a straight up slasher movie. Okay. All right. All right. So what about next week? We are out of the uh, Halloween season. We are moving on and going to have lunch. Oh <laughs> yes. We've been uh, talking about doing, Doing this one for some time now. Uh, we are going to be talking about uh, things that were found or are found in kids' lunches, from juice boxes to fruit snacks to fruit roll-ups to fruit leather. That was a thing. Fun fruits. I'm, I'm not just being weird. So we're going to be that, talking that was, that was about my grandpa's nickname, actually. Fruit leather. Yeah, <laughs> when he was green. That's not <laughs> well. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> So, yes, we will be talking about uh, anything you might find in lunches uh, back in the day and now uh, for time to go to school in the lunchbox. Yep. So uh, if you guys have any ideas for shows, uh, give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP, 708-669-9727. Or if you want to email us, uh, you can email us at 40go14 at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at, at 40go14. And uh, if you want to find out some of the other shows, uh, maybe go 
go back and find out where Charlie is in the lineup and catch up with him. <laughs> find out what we're going to get yelled at for next week. Yes. Right. You can go through to uh, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. Right. Uh, and you can always find us Saturdays at noon on Geek Life Radio at our home on the web at 40go14.com or at the Musings of a Geek Network page at www.musingsofageek.com. Yep. So uh, thanks for listening and uh, have a happy Halloween. Follow the rules. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. When they're already dead, you don't have a whole lot of stock in keeping them alive. That's just science.